everyone, and good afternoon. It's your midweek gang who's always ready to hang, coming at you live through Radio Katipunan 87.9 FM via Zoom. I'm Max. And I'm Austin. And this is New Wave. So, wow, it's December. I have decked the halls of my room and it's almost <laughs> Christmas. I'm so excited. Yes, another year has gone and we're spending another Christmas here. And but it's gonna be really fun, and you know I think it's really cool now that even though like it's been a year, it's because like we've kind of spent last year also in Christmas. I feel like this year with all these new technologies and all this like um, video chatting and stuff, I think this year we'll probably we're more um, equipped to handle Christmas than last year. What do you think? You know, apart from that, I feel like the time kind of flew by. Like, looking at it, the year felt so long. But now that it's Christmas again, it's like, where did the time go? Like, it's yeah. a mix of those two feelings. And then, yeah, this Christmas will be a bit different from the last because, like, there are more lib- liberties and there are safe ways to get to see people. Like you said, like, video video chatting. And hopefully, this time next year, we'll see an even bigger improvement and celebrate Christmas how we've been doing like our whole lives. That's true. That's true. I'm missing those like Noche Buenas and those like, oh, yes. you, like have late night mass. Yeah, I just miss all those times. <laughs> For sure. Like it's it's been so different. Like I miss getting to eat out like near Christmas, whether it's friends or family, the Christmas dishes. Like it's so different. It's so different. And hopefully this time next year, we'll be talking about like good news and Getting to maybe do our Christmas episodes back on campus. That's also something I really miss. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So today, we are going to be ending our year with a very, very special guest. So joining us today on our last episode of the year, our Christmas special, a man of many talents. You know him. We all know him. We've all grown up with his songs around us. Industry legend, national artist for music of the Philippines in 2018. Let us give a round of applause for the one and only Mr. Ryan Kayabiab. Hi, Mr. Sweet, turn on your camera. Yeah. Hi, Max. There we go. <laughs> Hello. Hi again. So, before I ask you about your record collection background again, since I think that would be really fun for the audience to know, how are you? How have you been, especially these past few weeks? Um, seems like uh, there's work coming, and uh, which means if there's live work coming, there's also live food. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which I, I mean, food that's not in that's not what you eat at home, but food that uh, suddenly becomes available to you. You know, like uh, may uh, two Saturdays ago. When, when did I work? I think um, December one, two, and three. I was at the Solaire and I had a show. I we taped a show for. Uh, uh, it's a free show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was Marvin Querido and Louis Ocampo and myself. We were music directors for Martin Yevera. So, ang ah. <laughs> ang so since, since we were all in um, in uh, that place in Soler, mm-hmm. we had a buffet or we had... Oh. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> we we had room service and we could uh, 
um, order to our heart's content. But, you know, on the third day, I said, I don't want to eat anymore because I was so full. <laughs> but anyway, that one. And then um, just uh, this weekend, I had um, I had two gigs, one at the Metropolitan Theater because it just opened its doors. It's like it was launched uh, last uh, Friday. And then on Saturday and Sunday, Friday afternoon, Saturday, uh, Saturday and Sunday, the whole day, I taped a whole show for, uh, I know I didn't tape, it was a live show for GKUSA, but we had rehearsals Friday and Saturday. It was like, wow. And then uh, I will tell you what kind of food they serve during that, I mean, for that kind of gig. Uh, we call them lap. Top food, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's what everybody eats, and I like it. I mean, I, not that I'd like to eat it every time, but that's it. It's still food, right? So, tell us, did you ever get your chicken macaroni salad? <laughs> <laughs> so you're following my uh, FB. Yes. <laughs> well, I got my uh, first chicken macaroni last night, and uh, I'm expecting two more. And then uh, two more friends said, why did you ask from me? Just ask and you shall receive. Okay. I'm asking now. <laughs> so, can you send me chicken macaroni salad? <laughs> and how was it? Was it really good? Uh, the, the first one last night, it was really good. I, I uh, messaged the lady who, who, uh, who did, who, di who made the chicken macaroni salad. Actually, it was sent by a very famous uh, um, musician, Vince De Jesus. He's a a composer he composes a lot of um musicals uh, most known would be himala i don't know if you've heard the musical himala beautiful beautiful music but he also does a lot of uh, music scoring for television and movies anyway the lady who he ordered from this lady who's also a friend of mine and you know this woman uh, her name is olive olive isidro she makes the best orange cake i've you know i've ever tasted but she also makes uh, butter rum cake and it's delicious anyway she did the salad and sent it last night and sent another cake for christmas i said ah thank you very much and i told her that uh, that's exactly the way i like um the chicken macaroni salad. Oh, wow. Simple lang, simple. It was very simple, but it was very, very uh, tasty, very savory. My mind is zeroing in on the cake. Like when I hear the word cake, it's like, oh my goodness. That yeah. is something I want for Christmas cake. Yeah, and, and I've never heard about an orange cake. I don't think I've ever tried that. This seems really interesting too. Very good. Very good. Very, very, very good. It's like, you know, like when, when she sends it to me, it's uh, also the presentation. There are orange uh, slices on, on top of the, the cake. Uh, actually, it's caramelized orange on top of the cake. Ang sarap. It's so... Actually getting hungry. Yeah, it's so... Uh, what do you call this? Uh, it's not dry. What's the opposite of dry? <laughs> I can't say. It's... <laughs> Basta it's so, uh, I, I don't know how, what's the term there? Basta, ang sarap. 
<laughs> well, we are all hungry. I'm sure the audience is hungry too. <laughs> so, let's move towards your background because I found it so inter- I found it so funny now. Your background is a picture of a wall in your house. So, for the sake of our audience, can you tell us the story of your background, please? Um Okay, I took a photo of the wall actually i'm looking at the wall here and it's a wall uh made of uh, one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen rows and three columns um of cassettes i filled it with cassettes and um uh, CDs. No, I'm not a CD collector. Mm-hmm. I just collected all the cassettes I used up since 1970 when I started work, when I first started work. And uh, the cassettes contain rehearsals, demos, uh, final music of all probably all the songs I have done or all the productions I have done, you know, by, because every time, for example, you have got, uh, I do a whole musical. Uh, I do a demo of the whole musical. Uh, I sing it. Uh, of course, you know, we didn't have um, DAWs then, but I just played on cassette. I, I recorded on cassette uh, on a live piano and I sang. And, uh, and most of those cassettes that I give out to uh, the artists, they keep it because it's uh, it's collector's item. They yes, hear my voice uh, cracking, you know, because I can't oh, I can't hit all the the notes. So they they said uh, I'll keep it so that I have something to uh, to uh, uh, what do you call this? Uh, I'll, when we're when we are older, I'll send this to you, and you will remember that you cracked left and right. And- <laughs> And you can't sing <laughs> as well as we can. <laughs> yes, but I do. Um, sometimes uh, also uh, demos of um, the jingles that I have done. I had I haven't really done a lot of jingles, but uh, in in my life. But uh, <coughs> there were significant ones. I think the most significant um, campaign jingle I did was uh, the one for Sarsi and Latsaiba. I don't know if you've seen the. Magsarsika, you know, that Sarsi thing. And then I did a campaign for. Okay, lang ba sayo? Hindi ka nagtatanong. I just keep on rambling. Yes, please. <laughs> We're learning. <laughs> no, that's me. I'm very uh, talkative. So uh, if you don't stop me, I'll just go on rambling. Anyway, uh, that's it. That's My background is all about the cassettes and the music I had done before all right so now's the perfect time to ask where did it all begin please take us and our listeners all the way back to the very beginning of your music journey uh the journey okay um uh um very long <laughs> no, sorry we, like, have time. we have time <laughs> okay uh, my mom was an opera singer and um, she also taught at the, she was a faculty member of the UP College of Music in Diliman. It's just a stone's throw away from the Ateneo. And yeah. um, we lived inside the UP campus. 
we lived in Area One, uh, UP campus, and uh, when my mom was teaching at the UP College of Music, we had ten lady boarders. You know, we we lived in a uh, temporary uh, house made of sawali, of course, uh, galvanized iron roofs, and. Um, but it was fairly huge that we could accommodate 10 lady boarders and they were all taking up music so if ever people say if ever people ask me what was my music influence well you know uh there was no escaping music because everybody in the house since i was small they were either rehearsing or playing or singing or there was so much music in the house uh and uh Naturally, my mom, I, I guess uh, I had to take up piano lessons. I was four or maybe end of age three. I had my first piano lessons and I had my recital. And that's it. It's just uh, as simple as that. But my mom died That's when I was six years old. So um, the funny thing is my mom told my father not to allow any of the children to take a new to take music as a career so no one should be going to the university and taking up music i mean i have four we are four in the family i have two sisters and an older brother two uh, one older sister and one younger sister. I'm number three in the family. And uh, although most of us are very musical, none of us actually um, went into music as a career. Until such time, what happened to me was, uh, I always tell it as a, um, um, it's destiny. I was proud, it was destined to be, because I didn't take up music in college First, I took up accounting, um, Bachelor of uh, Science in Business Administration, major in accounting, but I did not finish that because I uh, accepted a scholarship. Um, so in between uh, my mom's death and the scholarship in college, what happened was I um, learned to read music on my own. Uh, you see, when uh, my when my mom died, the, the uh, lady boarders left a year after, and then we had to transfer to UP Village. Uh, we left our um, temporary home in uh, the UP campus, and guess what? I found a box of uh, music sheets, piano music sheets, uh, left by the boarders. And this was what I did during afternoons as an eight, nine-year-old kid, 10, 11, 12. Every afternoon, I just browse through, the, um, through all the books that I see there. And then I play whatever I can. So the simple ones, I started with the very simple piano books. I could play them, and then I get uh, sour with it. And... Um, I go to the next one and see if I could start playing it until such time that I was already playing um, Bach preludes and fugues and very simple. At first, it, I, I was doing uh, Mozart sonatas until I, I was reading already uh, 
the pieces they left behind uh, Beethoven sonatas and I learned it on my own, uh, which is which also explains why when I got into the College of Music, I could read uh, any piece of music, but I didn't have the classical pianist touch. You know, I had to learn that because uh, finally, when I when uh, I accepted the scholarship, um, I first enrolled as a piano major. Uh, and my story is after uh, a year or two, and then I said I already reached uh, a certain level of piano, Beethoven sonatas. I decided I was not going to be a concert pianist. I said <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I don't see myself concertizing and being a concert pianist. First of all, it was very difficult to memorize those. Those pieces. pieces. It's <laughs> impossible. I thought, I for me, I think it's impossible. I didn't see myself. <laughs> I didn't see myself as a Cecil Likad or a Raúl Sunico. I couldn't see myself there because I don't think I can even reach uh, their level of uh, excellence or proficiency in piano playing. So then I decided I would. I was going to shift. I shifted to um, uh, music composition. And that's it. Uh, anywhere else you want me to uh, explore after I went to the College of Music? Well, I actually found your story to be such a cool story. And I really like how you detailed about how what's this, you really grew up with music, but you uh, there was you weren't pushed into it. And you kind of just found your way into it. <laughs> yeah, it was really yeah, that's cool. That's true. <laughs> right. Um, now I have to... Uh, if I may, I have to tell you how I got into the industry. First of all, um, uh, I have—I'm a very uh, adventurous person. I always say I'm a very. Uh, when I was young, I was very courageous. I was brave. I—I I didn't mind failing. Um, so. Why? Because I saw that my dad, my dad being a um, solo parent, um, he was having a difficult time and I knew that uh, we were not well off. So I decided um, from as early as in grade school and high school, I had been trying to um, find a job, uh, what, whatever kind, uh, that can augment the income coming uh, into the house. No, kasi nakita ko yung tatay ko, medyo wow, nahirapan, nahirapan siya. And so, um, you know, I'll tell you some of my adventures. I auditioned as a um, radio announcer for ABS-CBN in 1968. I was 14, turning 15 years old, and um, uh, of course, I didn't. Be, I didn't make it, but it was a great uh, experience for me. And then uh, a year before that, I also joined the national painting contest. Now you'll see why will I go into painting. Um, I thought that uh, at least if I'd win, uh, there was uh, there was prize money for winners. And I said I, I'd like to join anyway. I got uh, the old canvases of my aunts. Two of my aunts uh, went to do, uh, went attended UP College of Fine Arts. I I think um, my last aunt did not finish, but you know when she went back home to the province, she left 
uh, unfinished canvases and uh, almost half empty tubes of oil paints. That's what I used to paint, just only because there was uh, tube. There were tubes of paints, paints, and there were several canvases. Um, I painted, and then while I was painting, my dad was saying, "What are you painting?" I, they looked like ghost figures and he was saying uh so i said uh, i'm joining a contest dad <laughs> i'm joining what do you say a, after what are the figures really supposed to be i don't well you know uh i said i was gonna join a national painting contest mm. and uh and i said what is it so he said what's that those are figures of uh people and they they all look like ghosts i said um well it's a modern painting and uh, i had to put on top of the painting uh the title is mankind is one and you know the funny thing is uh my aunt has had left only three colors of paints uh violet green and uh a tube of white oil paint so my painting was only uh like violet green and white <laughs> it looked so it didn't look so nice i mean if, you, if i look at it it's like uh it was just something for me to do that summer i think well anyway i have this story um we lived in up village and i had to ride and the day I had to go to uh, submit my painting, the painting had to be submitted at the YMCA at uh, in the old Arrocero Street. Of course, you don't know where that is. Uh, <laughs> right now, it's uh, the in the vicinity of where SM Manila is located. Somewhere there, somewhere there. So it's like at the back of the Manila City Hall. So from inside the UP, from UP village, I had to take the tricycle to the Kanto. And then from the Kanto, I had to ride a bus to Quiapo. And from Quiapo, I had to ride a jeep going to Araceros. Now, this is the only problem. The day that I um, submitted the painting, I transported the painting, the painting was still wet. Oh, no. <laughs> And uh, I had, but I had to cover it with newspaper. So, uh, you know, I stood up, I, you know, I rode a bus standing up and um, I rode the Jeep. And you can imagine um, my painting was like uh, uh, <laughs> being transported very badly. So when I went down the Jeep and went to submit my painting uh, on the, at the on the second floor of the building and uh, the secretary had said oh can you just leave your painting here i said uh sure i just go to the toilet i'll take out the wrapper the newspaper wrapper and to my uh horrified horrors <laughs> <laughs> i mean to, well to my surprise um of course Part of the newspaper got stuck 
in the painting into the painting <laughs> so it took me about maybe 30 minutes trying to peel off layers of you know you can't peel off the entire of newspaper from the painting <laughs> yes. you know if you try to peel it off peel it off there's still like slivers or uh parts of that the... get stuck yeah, yeah, that's, yeah it <laughs> stays there so each one i had to take out and you can imagine that uh, part of the painting had uh, like newsprint on them that I couldn't take out. Otherwise, it would really ruin part of the painting. So uh, I was still happy. You know, it was a great experience. I submitted my uh, painting. I said good luck and goodbye, and I went home. Um, a week later, I got. You see, during that time, we only had telephones. Uh, we didn't have a telephone in our house before. But how to communicate? We had uh, telegrams. Telegram. Like the letter. The letters, yeah. Right. Yeah. Telegram us in Not the app. <laughs> yeah, that's the app. I have the app, but uh, based on what it really is, it's uh, the telegram is... Um, yeah, you know, um, it's a piece of paper and it's inside a an, an envelope. And, uh, you know, that was the fastest way to communicate or to tell uh, news to anyone. So I opened, uh, I, got, I got this guy uh, from uh, the telegram company. Um, gives this telegram note and i open it i was still in the gate and i i looked at what's inside and it says congratulations you won third prize in the painting oh my gosh, <laughs> i'm sure it looks even more original because it's like it's multimedia art now because it has these words <laughs> sorry i'm laughing but it was such a it was all these, it was an experience for me, and I thought I was just going into it. Of course, I was. Now that we're here, I believe it's a great time to let our listeners in on a little secret. Are any of you out there interested in making podcasts of your own but can't seem to get the hang of recording, editing, and other technicalities? Well, there's no need to worry about that anymore. There's one application that podcasters or aspiring podcasters can use to make their dreams come true. Anchor. Simply download it for free on the Apple App Store, Google Play Store, or even from the website itself, www.anchor.fm. What are you waiting for? Time to avoid the complicated tools and publish your podcast on popular platforms today. I was hoping that I'd win anything because I did win 50 pesos. You know, in 1968, 50 pesos could buy me um, several, um, um, what, sandals and underwear. It bought me about uh, two uh, cans of corned beef and two cans of Vienna sausage. And it bought, it, I was able to buy more art uh, pencils and paper and another box of guitar paints. Um, and then the rest, which was more than 20 pesos, what that was rem remain, that remained, I gave to my dad and I said, I won my gold <laughs> swan. <laughs> <laughs> my ghost <laughs> that's so nice 50 pesos can't get you that anymore 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. So like, okay, do you still have this painting with you? Like, is it still around? Will we get to see it one day? <laughs> uh, you know, I rediscovered the painting, and um, I retrieved it. And but when I retrieved it from my old, my dad's old house, when before it it was um, raised to the ground, um, it was already quite destroyed so now it is still there but i don't i can try to look at it and i don't see the figure figures anymore i don't see the ghosts anymore it's like it's all it's all full of dust i know what i'm gonna do with it and and it's not anymore in its frame you know that like the frame disintegrated or was destroyed and the only thing that's left is this canvas it was so hard and brittle. I didn't want to do anything about it, but it's still there. I don't know what, I don't know. Maybe one day somebody will discover, is this the painting that 150 pesos? <laughs> the legendary painting. <laughs> it will still find well, its way to a museum. <laughs> you should title it now. Like ha- have it titled now on, on the show. So they know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, did so, the painting have a title? <laughs> yeah, well, the title is Mankind is One. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yes, yes, that's true. Yes. Mankind is One. <laughs> we got caught up in the story now. Okay, yes, the did. use of three colors in the painting. Of course, like, okay, for us, when we're doing, like, essays and we're doing papers, it's like, okay, sometimes these constraints, like, make it easier because, like, okay, we can work with what's given. But other times, it also makes it more difficult because there's something else you want to do, but because you have to stick to what's given, it becomes a challenge. So, with using three colors for a painting, was it a, like, was it a challenge? Like, how were you able to get creative? And I guess to raise the stakes a bit, did you ever have a moment like this when writing a song? Um, I will tell you something. Um... It's great that you raised a point there, you know, limiting yourself to what is... uh, If you give yourself uh, some kind of limit, um, it's so much easier to become creative because, you know, you're only working on whatever is given to you. So what what I'm trying to say is you are able to... You know, you have limits here, but your mind, your creative mind will be able to fly more, fly wider, fly higher and create something even probably out of this world because there's you are limited to uh, something like in, in some of my classes there. There are exercises that they're only given like five notes or six notes, and they have to work on those six notes be- to create a song, to create a piece of music. And I tell you, um, I think um, limiting or giving them borders um, makes a human mind. Uh, more creative you know he tries to uh, he tries to look at it in a more prismatic point of view I mean he can he can see it twist it around and uh, check out how it looks uh, in different ways instead of just like um, so realistic Uh, right now with if you have limits 
then uh, you can stretch the limits and actually create rules. Um, ah. And you can do permutations. You can do. Uh, you can turn it around. You can invert it. You can uh, invert it and make it inverted upside down pa and uh, look at it from the back etc it's it's when you are limit it's when you are free to do anything it's it becomes more limiting i mean it's a paradox if you ask me yeah. if you are so free to do <laughs> anything it becomes very limiting i mm-hmm. I, I i do get what you say it's oh I'm sorry, is this sound? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you. Yes, oh, yes. You. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I do get what you say. Like, um, when there are no limitations, it does seem like anything that is made is like, oh, it's kind of expected compared to, oh, they can only do this and they manage to make something so amazing given these limit- limitations. And I, I actually do wonder if, do you apply this strategy when you make your songs? Do you try to put limitations so you produce uh, a new or more creative song? Um, actually, the limitations are uh, are given. For example, um, if somebody approaches me and says, can you write uh, music for my organization? It's an organization for uh, obstetricians, etc., and gynecologists and uh, that's already a limitation for uh, words, for lyrics, etc. And then, what kind of what kind of uh, music uh, do you want? Oh, it's it's for us so that when we get together, we sing it like a, an anthem. That is uh, in itself a limitation. Uh, or I must say, it's not a limitation. It's th- these are requirements or these are givens that. Uh, that are part of the, uh, let's say, the uh, inquiry to do, you know, if, if the requirements for for uh, producing a piece of music. So I must say that uh, I don't see things as limitations, but I see things or elements as a uh, uh, as a jump off point. To something uh, more focused, so which means that uh, I have to do. When when people ask me, do you have a lot of songs in your baul? You know, sometimes a lot of people you know ask composers, can you give me a song, naman? Baka you can just get it from your baul, maybe a past song, and then they're surprised because I tell them I don't have any song in my baul because I do not have a baul of my songs that i throw around and and hopefully one of these days uh somebody's gonna ask me and here there's uh here's a piece of song i did before no i don't have that because i i i work differently i only do my music when i'm asked to do a piece of music so uh so you're asking, you're telling me that uh, you don't write music for yourself? No, I've never written music for myself. Or maybe if I did, I I don't write it. I just uh, jam, but I don't write it. It's, it's uh, why will I give myself music? <laughs> I, I, I find odd. I'm going to write myself a piece of music. I write music when I'm asked to write music. For example, uh, somebody asked me for a 
theme song for a movie or somebody or Basil asks me for a song for his new recording and or maybe uh, again uh, a group of physicians or a group of um, animal welfare society or something like that uh, which I did by the way for pause so I do a lot of these things these things and I do it I do music for a purpose. The big why? Because there's a goal. I, I, it's so much easier to write, uh, create music if there's a focus. What am I writing for? Uh, what am I writing about? And for what purpose? And so when I write, I know what I'm writing for or about. That's how I. That's why you'll never find me writing music for myself <laughs> why <laughs> <laughs> that's a very different yeah. approach like i've never i've never heard an approach like that now speaking of a while ago we brought up like some stuff about teaching and your students your students are all here having a class reunion in the comment section <laughs> <laughs> really i'm yeah. sure they'll, they'll be uh, asking questions <laughs> <laughs> So, students, you heard that? You'll be asking questions and we will check the comment section. <laughs> yes, we will. On the but, spot. But going back to um, a lot of your songs and how you write your songs, um, as we enter this Christmas uh, season, we always hear like your amazing songs. And like one of your amazing songs, um, Kumu Kuti Kuti Tap, I hope I'm not butchering it so much, is one of your famous ones, right? Um, I was wondering what the story is uh, behind this time, this uh, Christmas classic. Um, all right. In 1983, um, I wrote this in 1983 with Joey Reyes. Uh, let's uh, move back a few years before. Every year, uh, there's a group of companies and they hold uh, their company Christmas um, competition for their company choirs. So uh, this big company uh, has different uh, uh, other companies. It's a conglomerate. And uh, every year they have a choir competition. So uh, I have been doing one for every year. I've been asked to do arrangements for the choir but for this particular year in 1983 since they had been doing it year in year out every christmas they decided okay for this year we're gonna do an original mini musical so it was going to be a musical and and uh that the title was uh ang between ang between that was the title of this mini musical to be performed by this choir. Can't remember what the name of the choir is because um, <clears throat> I think the, the, um, the company or the conglomerate, most of it is not anymore existing. But anyway, during that time, they said they wanted uh, an original. And they asked Joey Reyes to write an original script with libretto and it only had two main songs and maybe another minor song but 
one of the songs of the two major songs was Kumukotikotita. And the choirs learned it already. So it was written originally for a choir and a choral musical in 1983. And then what happened was um, they were already uh, deep into the uh, rehearsals and malapit na yung uh, competition. But uh, in 1983, in August, Ninoy Aquino was killed. And it just threw everyone out. It was like, uh, kagulo, kagulo in 1983. And, and because of that, the choral competition was canceled. So that uh, musical was never performed. But uh, sayang, sabi ko sayang yung song, yung kumukotikotita, parang masaya yan, no? But during, in 1983, um, it was still not known. But in 1984, um, I started uh, giving out the arrangement to all my choral friends go ahead and sing it it's going to be i mean you can sing it for your caroling sing it in in church if you want you can sing it for whatever program that you want because uh sayang hindi na to magagamit and it, they started singing you know komoti kotita became a uh, uh a bit famous in choirs because it was really a choral song it was uh always part of the christmas choral uh, repertoire. It was not until Joey Albert recorded it in 1987, I think, that was when it became mainstream song. It became a strong, uh, uh, a very popular song, mainstream, became a popular Christmas song. Otherwise, it was only known by choral groups no? singing from 1984, 85, 86. Yun, that was 87. Joey Albert um, released her album. It was uh, very well um, accepted. The song was uh, quite a hit. And now uh, that's what happened. Uh, it became uh, basically a staple. But I must say that Laganap uh, na yung song. Uh, in 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 choral groups even before it became famous mainstream actually now that you bring that up when i was in choral back in grade school and high school kumikotikotitap was one of the staples like every year this is part of our <laughs> choral performances and when i was younger we staged a ballet okay we staged snow white and because the recital was so close to christmas we inserted a ballet dance for kumukotikotita <laughs> ganda <laughs> very it's a very iconic song and like so a song like this which is performed every christmas and you've had many other hits that are also performed like like so many times a year and sung differently, reinterpreted by different artists. So as the songwriter, composer of this song, do the meanings of your song sometimes change over time or grow with you? You mean um, previous other songs? Yes, any so like any of your songs, like some things that you've written like many years ago and mm, that people mm. like 
perform mm. time and time again or revive, bring back now? Like, do right. the meanings ever change or grow with you over time? Uh, actually, it, it, re- it re- retains its uh, meaning all the time. But, you know, when the, the singers sing it, they don't know the backstory. So they sing it according to what the song uh, lyrics say and how the melody is delivered. Case in point, Araw Gabi. You know, sa araw gabi na sa isip ka. Um, I wrote that in 1985. Uh, it was the last birthday uh, of my soon-to-be wife. Then it was her last single birthday. A birthday as a single woman. And uh, I gifted her with two songs. It was, uh, which I composed for her. It was Araw Gabi and uh, Tunay na Ligaya. Ikaw ang tunay na ligaya, tangi, ikaw sinta. So, uh, during that time, the high, that was the height of like the popularity of Gary Valenciano and uh, Martin Yavera. So, when I asked her, uh, okay, here are two songs I wrote for you. Uh, and then I sang it to her live. And then I asked her, who do you want? Uh, this song to be sung, etc., etc. She said, okay, uh, can we give this song to Martin and that other song to Gary? And, okay, fine. Uh, I went to Martin, I went to Gary. Uh, they had just done, uh, they had just produced a CD. So they could not uh, record a new song because, you know, when you do recordings, it, during that time, uh, recordings were done uh, for... Uh, album projects it's not like uh, now isa isa single no but before you they really collect like 10 to 15 songs or 12 songs and that's it they both had just finished doing uh, their cds so they could not accommodate anything new no, for um, uh, to record. And so I, I went back to um, Mrs. C and I said, uh, we can't give it, they, they can't sing it. So who do you want to sing it? And he said, can we ask Basil or Nono Isiniga, etc. So Basil got to sing Tunay Naligaya, I mean, got to record it. And Nonoy recorded uh, Araw Gabi. Now, so it was there, okay lang, maganda, and mild hits. And then later on, it was uh, Tunay na Ligaya was revived by uh, Ariel Rivera, I think in 1990-something, or basta malapit na sa mid-90s yata, yung Tunay na Ligaya. And then the big, big uh, hit of Araw Gabi, parang suddenly it became so big, when uh, Regine recorded it and when she sang it in uh, the Wish bus, it became so huge a hit. It's like um, it was revived. Now you're asking me, this is the uh, um, story the same? I mean, is it? does it still feel the same? Definitely. Even if they did not know the backstory, they sang it because the lyrics and the melody was already there in the first place. And then just last month, I heard uh, a new production, uh, a new arrangement of Araw Gabi by uh, Troy Loretta. I don't know if that's the that's his family name. And it was sung by uh, this girl who sang uh, Never Enough. Never Enough. 
never, never, never. What's her name? I can't, I can't remember. But anyway, she did the recording. Ang ganda rin ng recording niya. So, uh, uh, now it's, uh, at this point in, in my life, it's like, wow, ang ganda kasi it still connects. Uh, a song I made in 1985 still connects to younger uh, musicians, younger singers. I don't know about the audience, but I'm saying is uh, if a singer sings it, uh, sings an old song and still connects with him or her, and uh, feels good because uh, it it creates uh, it helps create this uh, um, you know. It helps create a classic song, you know, the song, uh, just a pop song, a popular song from the past. When it is revived and sung over and over again, it becomes a classic. So I'm very, very happy that uh, people still find the songs um, uh, good, good enough to record and to sing and perform. Yeah. So. Um, some people in the comments are saying the original singer's name is Lauren. The Never Enough singer is Lauren Alred. So, yeah, yeah. Yes, there we go. Lauren Alred. Alred. I think now is a good time to say hello to the people in the audience. We haven't been getting to check the comments. So most of them, I think, are your students. So Aldo Hoson, Darren Vega, <laughs> Martin Sarmenta, Doc Raul Enad. Um... Take down yes, their names. So, yes. Extra credit. And then <laughs> I will end with my dad saying, I have two questions. My homework ba and anong ulam nyo? <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's the question. <laughs> well, the quest, that's always the question in my yes. classes. May homework ba? <laughs> Kasi, <laughs> at saka, uh, every time they see each other, uh, anong ulam nyo? Uh, so my, you know, that group, that chat group and that uh, the group of students of mine, um, it's all about music and food. And uh, it's great. I, I just want to tell you, uh, Maxine and um Austin, that uh, Aldo is in the U.S. and so is Doc um, Anad uh, Raul. And one is in the is in the West Coast, the other one is in uh, Central. So you can imagine that uh, they're so early. Uh, maybe uh, Raul is it's only like 4 a.m. and then uh, in with Aldo, I think it's. Uh, it's about 2.50 in the morning. So these people are watching you on air. <laughs> I mean, right here. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, wait a minute. So you're asking me what if there's a homework? Well, uh, on the 18th, <laughs> we're meeting each other on the 18th. It, it's just a get-together. It's like a Christmas get-together. But um, your dad said that you have a recital. So what are you going to sing? So there is homework. <laughs> there is homework. <laughs> okay, and then, but the ulam is, I don't know what, because, because uh, I'm holed up here. Okay, before we ask you what your ulam will be on Christmas, <laughs> since we want to like talk, get festive and talk about Christmas, I like to ask this to our songwriters. But w apart from the deadline, when do you know a song is finished? When do you know that you should just let it go and stop revising? 
Um, this is how I do it. Um, I write it as fast as I can. And because I believe that uh, the first um, idea, the first impetus or the first spark that comes and that dictates what I see in the lyrics, because what happens is I have the lyrics first, most usually. I have the lyrics in front of me and um, the first idea that comes to mind, I write it down, I catch it as fast as I can and uh, create it as fast as I can and then leave it. Being on Radio Katipunan reminds me of this one amazing app that allows people to make their own podcasts like a breeze. There's no need for complicated recording or editing software and other tricky technicalities when you have Anchor, an app where you can create and even publish your own podcasts. So download Anchor for free in the Apple App Store, Google Play Store, or even from the website itself, www.anchor.fm, to experience a hassle-free podcast-making experience. So what I do is I finish everything, let's say, in 30 minutes or... It would be long if I'd been doing it for an hour because what happens is if I'm stuck with a certain piece of line and I can't move from there, I stop and I say, this is not the right direction. So I stand up, uh, I do something else. And then when I return, um, there's usually a new idea. But that that happens only maybe 20% of the time. But 80% of the time, the moment I sit down and I start writing, that's it. I'm done. But what I do is I let it rest. And then I return to it, if not the next day, two days later. If after two days, when I, when I return to it, it still sounds the way I like it, it's done. That's it. Or if there's something that I'd like to change, what I usually do is it's only like a tweaking of a note here or a note there, or I want it uh, to sound more exciting, just a bar here that's different, but usually that's it. The moment I sit down, I usually know that it's done. It's only when I return is only to confirm that I was right in the first place. It's It's been done. That's how I do it. Was there any song that took maybe more than uh, maybe two times? Like you really had to go back to it to really check if it re- if you got the right song. Um, fortunately, none. Um, because if I went back to it on the third time and it was not good, I had thrown it already. I mean, it's not any it doesn't anymore exist. So. I don't think that I have a song. That's why I don't think I have any song in the Baul because if I did, uh, I don't know. I would have thrown it. It's because it didn't work. Uh, I knew, I know right away that uh, if something doesn't work, I'm not going to go back to it because uh, it's just a waste of time. Yeah. So. Yeah. More hellos in the audience. Lori Illustre is here to say hello. 
And hi, you know, Lori is here only for uh, maybe a month or so because he's always been based in Los in Las Vegas. Is he's Lori is like a music director to big name stars in Vegas, and I mean performers. You know, even Filipinos who go to the U.S. Uh, also get Lori as music director. But can you imagine when uh, when she uh, uses her name? Um, when what is her name, famous jazz uh, singer, came over to the Philippines, he had to, she had to hire uh, Lori from Las Vegas and brought her here to the Philippines to do her concert. Can you imagine that? Ganon siya ka ano galing. Sorry, hindi ko maalaling name, pero she's very famous. Uh, okay, senior moment. <laughs> it's all right. Also. Thank you to Dr. Ulfer, Tito Dr. Ulfer, clarifying with Noxine saying, I realized like, yes, the recital you were talking about, the 18th, that's, that's me. I'm going, that's me. I'm going to sing. I didn't pick it up earlier. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. On the 18th, I will, I will be singing in a recital of um, our teacher, Miss Sweet Pantado from the company. Her students are going to be performing in this online recital, which will be on YouTube. There's no link yet. But yes, for those who want to watch, I will post the link on my Instagram. So, sorry for that quick segue. Let's go, Maxine! <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was able to participate in your class when I was in high school. <laughs> I remember that. That was about four years ago, perhaps. Four or five years. Ano yun na physical class yon. Yes, uh, you I attended. That. You attended pa nga with your dad. With my dad, yeah, my dad and I were seatmates. <laughs> it okay. was fun. It was yeah, a very yeah. good experience. Okay, so before we end today, let's talk about Christmas. How will you be celebrating this year? What's going to be on the menu? Since we love to talk about food. <laughs> um. Truly, I don't know what's on the menu because uh, it's I don't cook. It's uh, oh, by the way, uh, since your dad is there, uh, Gino, I, I was I was going to ask you again. Did you uh, because you only gave me uh, the recipe for like one point five kilos? Uh, can you tell me? I'll, I'm going to ask you again later because I'm supposed to cook tomorrow. That's beef sinigang, and I want to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ask you again. Uh, do I put the the ano, Do I put the onions and the, uh, sorry, sorry, the tomatoes? Pagka ano? Pa, if if I have to have it already in the pressure cooker, sabay sabayon. Uh, anyway, you just answer me. <laughs> Since we're talking about food, I remember a few years ago we ate in your house, like with I think the Phil with the Phil Pop friends, and oh my gosh. Mrs. C cooked so well. I still remember, like, <laughs> I still remember how good the food was. And yeah, I know. You know what? Uh, the truth is, I was gonna request uh, Mrs. C to, if I could host, uh, get together for my students from last oh. year and this year. That's gonna be a lot of students, but uh, let's say uh, maybe do a potluck, and uh, she would just do. Um, 
a big cauldron of pasta, <laughs> whatever, and etc. etc. I'm sure they'd like to join. And uh, when when that when the time comes, when it's already safe for all of us to uh, have a get together, I think it's time to have one, especially with um, my classes. It's fun. It's really fun. <laughs> Sounds fun. And of course, good food just adds to the fun. I know. So, What's Christmas one... without good food? Lupita <laughs> <laughs> Docker has one good question here. How does Mr. C write a big work, like sacred works? Does he lay out a plan for the melody and harmonic bed? Um, okay. First of all, um, depends on the requirement. For requirements, for example, if it's uh, for choir, then I already know um, what to do. Uh, I'm, you know, the focus is on choral music, and uh, do I create a bed? You know, I thought, um, I thought that uh, when I write a big work. I thought that it's already done the moment I sit down. But, you know, uh, there's no secret. I tell you what I do. What I usually do is uh, I do everything chronologically from beginning to end. I don't do like uh, the middle part or closer to the end or here. I really start from zero, from the top. So, for example, if it's a sacred work and I'm doing a big work, for example, it's a mass, and I decide, I decide if I'm going to do only like the major parts of the mass, like uh, the, the uh, introit, the uh, gloria, the credo, the sanctus, and the annus dei. If I decide that I was going to only do that, then I know exactly what I need to do. And I know the character of each part. So uh, I know the character because I know what the lyrics say. So if it's a sacred work like the Mass um, it, in concert form, when you say, when you talk about the Kyrie and the uh, uh, Christe eleison and the Kyrie eleison, it always drops, uh, it always um, summarizes into three parts. Three parts, but of course you can do it um, two parts. Two parts meaning uh, it returns to uh, the same thing: Kyrie, Christe, Kyrie, because that's how the prayer is: Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, and then Kyrie eleison. So, um, Lord of Mercy, Christ of Mercy, Lord of Mercy. So it's up to you how you want to expand it. But as you can see, it's already there. The form is there. Either three parts or two parts with a repeat. But in classical music, it's still three parts because, uh, yeah, three parts. <laughs> uh, and then with the Gloria, you know, it talks about glory to God in the highest and peace of his people on earth, etc., etc., etc. All you need to do is uh, uh, segment it. Look for uh, salient parts. Uh, and then you you will see where the highlights are. You have to read. You have to read what the the um, words say. And then if it's credo, you will see definitely that there are three big parts. Uh, I believe in 
God the Father, and then I believe in Jesus Christ, and then I believe in the Holy Spirit. And then all the rest are, um, you know, you, you have to situate them where they are. So, and then if it's Santos, then you're you're talking about holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are filled with glory, Son and highest. And then the second part is blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna, and then Hosanna in the highest. It's 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 usually um, segmented that way. And then you have Lamb of God. Lamb of God is three parts. Diba? Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. Uh, have mercy on us. Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. And then Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. So, in terms of structure, it's already there in the words. And all you have to do is just expand it musically. So I, I hope uh, I answered Dr. O's question <laughs> in a way. He, he has a follow-up question and it's the last one we can accommodate today. For, <laughs> and it's actually very relevant to us as Ateneo students. So for Loyola, did you write the music after watching the movie or by reading the life story of the saint? Ah, that's a good question. Okay, ang galini Doc Raul. He knows uh, what what to ask. But but I tell you why it's a quite it's quite relevant because only a few days ago I I was told that um, um, Lorenzo. Uh, I saw, what am I talking about? Ignacio. Ignacio. Uh, um, Ignacio. What's the whole title of the film? I can't remember. Well, anyway, Ignacio de Loyola, siempre Loyola, no? Loyola Ignacio de Loyola was um, produced by Jess Com, Jess um, yes. Communications. And, you know, they got me. So I'm so, I, I'm so thankful that, uh, si Father Nono and sila, uh, Ernest, Ernestine, uh, got me. And, and this is, this was helmed by Paolo D. And I got to write the music. Now, he was asking if I wrote the music because I read the life of, uh, Ignacio or, I watched the film first. I watched the film first because the film is what I was writing for. Okay, so I hope that answers the question. It's a very simple question, but <laughs> we can we can delve uh, into it uh, more deeply if you want to have a discussion on how I proceeded writing the music, but. Uh, I guess it's uh, Ignacio is one of my most, I must say, uh, inspired. I was inspired by the story. I was inspired by, um, I was inspired by Saint Ignatius himself, even just by the sushipe, by the take Lord and receive. Just by that prayer, gets na gets ko na kung ano yung gusto kong gawin sa, ano, sa kwento. Anyway, that's it. Nice. And as us Ateneo student, St. Ignatius is our patron. My yeah. patron saint, actually. I was born on his feast day. And we're required to watch the movie. I think once you enter Ateneo, like the first week of school, if I remember correctly, you mm -hmm. end the week by the batch watching that movie together. Back yeah. when we were on campus. So yeah. And actually, I, I even in my old school, because I come from Xavier, um, we were actually, um, we had to watch that in our senior year 
So like because um Saint Francis Xavier is our patron saint, which is very close with Saint Ignatius. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we are over time. I am already getting messages that we're over time. But it was so fun, Mr. C. Before we thank you properly, it was so nice to getting to getting to see your different sides, like the foodie side, the artist. That's like that story is so funny. And I have some choral friends saying it was nice to get to know the person who wrote a lot of our choral pieces <laughs> that we grew up singing. But so. Yes. Before we end, is there anything you would like to leave our audience with? Anything you'd want to say goodbye to this year and welcome the next year with? Yeah, well, I'd like to leave your audience hanging. (laughs) 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 Meaning, meaning, uh, there's so much more to learn, so so much more to to absorb. But uh, for now, we'd like to say... um, uh, I, my fervent Christmas wish is first, sana mawala na yung, ano, yung COVID. And next is, sana people will um, uh, be more kind, be more um, be more uh, wary of their neighbors uh, by being uh, more thoughtful and caring because, um, you know, elections are coming next year and we really have to think of the future of our country and I think the most important thing is we have to teach each one to um, care for each other to you know love one another it might sound so trite but you know that's the only way we can move forward as a country so Merry Christmas to you um, to your listeners Maxine and Austin thank you very much and uh, to Radio Katipunan and prosper and uh, be more active again pa, in the in the future. Congratulations. <laughs> thank, thank you, Sir Ryan, for those amazing words. And we'd also love to thank James for always handling our broadcast. And of course, to Sir Justin for always having our backs. Yes, to our audience, thank you once again for joining us today and for the past year. And we're looking forward to seeing you all back here in 2022 may it be better for all of us and as Mr. C said let's be kind to one another let's make that our new year's resolution to think about each other and remember that one purpose of Radio Katipunan is to lessen the dissonance amongst listeners and within the community so we're here to help you guys feel a little less alone in a time like this so let's continue that in the year to come that's true and of course we're here online so don't miss out Follow us on Instagram at newwave.rk to stay updated. Catch the replay on Radio Katipunan's 87.9 FM Facebook page, YouTube, and Twitter Live, all of which go by at Radio Katipunan. Don't forget, we are now also on Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. So you may listen to our episodes again if you are if you find yourself on any of those apps. But as I said, most of all, thank you to our wonderful guest, Mr. Ryan Kayabiab, for spending your afternoon with us and spreading some cheer. We learned a lot in terms of songwriting life and we really, really enjoyed a lot of your story. So we wish you the best. We're looking forward to your upcoming projects and what the year has in store. May you have more good meals. <laughs> yes. Once again, this has been your midweek gang who's always ready to hang. Wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I'm Austin. 
and I'm Max, and this has been New Wave. We'll see you all in January. Bye.